Welcome to another episode of the Route 77 podcast, the place where we explore faith, life, and the unique challenges and opportunities that come with being single in today's world. In this episode, we'll be focusing on the pressures singles often face, whether it's from family expectations, societal norms, or within our own church community. Our aim is to open up dialogue, share personal experiences, and discuss ways to navigate these pressures. If you're single and looking for a faith-based perspective on these complex issues, then this is the conversation for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. I am Natasha, your host. I'm here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And today's topic is pressure. Grace under pressure. Grace under pressure. Just the pressure. Anybody else know the song? Don't sing it. Sing it. <laughs> Not on sing. We don't have copyright. So specifically, there's lots of stuff we can talk about that we're under pressure with our jobs and even relationship pressure. And if you're if when it comes to romantic relationships or deadlines or and there's all these things. But specifically, today we'd like to talk about the pressure from family and friends and church and society on people who are either single or choose to be single and what like the ramifications of that i'll let it affects your psyche yes spiritual journey yes. yes monique did you ever feel pressure in relation to your relationship status of being single no never no but that it's really funny that growing up i didn't really have that kind of pressure to get married and have kids. My parents didn't seem to be all that much into it like that. And I'm not entirely sure why, because so many families were that way. I had my own pressure that way. I, I gave myself pressure for that. My dad, he'd say, you know, if you do get married, find a rich guy, a lot older than you, like 90 something or other, so that he can leave you all his money. I don't think he was serious. I hope he wasn't serious. And he always told me that if you did get married and have kids, only have girls. Because you have control over that, obviously. Apparently. <laughs> Dad didn't care if our family name carried on. Yeah. And mom, she was... We're like, back. <laughs> what? Control over what? What? Over gender. You gender have to have a baby. Yeah, because I have all the control in the world about whether I have a boy or a girl if I'm pregnant. Needless okay. to say, the funny thing is that my middle brother, Rob, he is married and has four daughters. I myself have a daughter. My other brother, Richard, he was married, but he had stepkids, so he had none, none kids of his own. My other brother is same-sex attracted, so he does not have any kids. He doesn't have any relationship. And but he's not my dad's. The last two are not my dad's kids, anyways. But even the youngest one, Brendan, he only has a daughter as well. So I, it's almost like my dad said, "You know, I am so we only have girls. We have no boys. No. <laughs> there are no boys. No boy grandchildren." So weird. How about you, David? Have you felt any pressure from anything dealing with your singleness? So when it comes to me, is that I don't necessarily respond to pressure like a lot of people do. So I can say that, yes, my parents provided or showed pressure towards having grandchildren, but it, it, in most cases, that didn't really have any actual visible impact on my decisions in life, although it did with my brother. And congratulations on that, too. Thank you. David is going to be an uncle. Yeah. We're congratulating. Yeah. So. First, first time. First time. First time uncle. Yep. Yay. Bop, bop. Yeah, so what about you? I feel like my pressure was like, took the form of expectations, like really, or it wasn't direct. Mm. It was an indirect form of basically, if you're seeing like my family and my church really promoted family units, like getting married, having kids as and praised that. So it was like, of course you want these things. This is what this is what gets praised. This is the this is a sign of success in your life because you've moved on from for singleness. I don't know. It, like I said, it wasn't directly stated that, but it's like inferred. 
I, w- I wonder if the family dynamics might have something to do with it. Because my parents divorced when I was in my teens, like my late teens. And their relationship while I was growing up wasn't a happy one. As kids, like me and my two brothers, we were just like, yeah, we're pretty sure they're not going to. I'm surprised they're still together after all this time. So I wonder if because they were not happy in their relationship, that they didn't want to force us to get into a marriage relationship just for the sake of being married because they didn't want us to be unhappy. Maybe. Yeah. It depends on perspective and they aren't Christians either. So no. they have no like a different perspective that way. Yeah. So I wasn't raised in the church, so I didn't have that either. So it just, for me, it was just like, yeah, the expectation is that you go to university and then you get married and then you have children. And if that didn't happen, then you had to figure out how to make it happen. And you're just going to singles events or going online dating or trying to, to fix it. And it was just, yeah, they really focused on verses that talk about how children are a blessing. You have a quiver full or the wife of your youth is another, is another verse and stuff. And these are, and I'm not saying they're negative things. They're definitely blessings and positive things. But when it's the only thing that's ever held up as a standard, then you feel like you fall short. So there, there's this pressure to, yeah, like to meet these expectations or to be seen as accepted, mm. acceptable. Yeah. And like I said, it like I said, never was said, explicitly said, but it's, if this is true, then this must also be true. Like the opposite. If you don't have these things, it's a negative. If these are positives, then these must be negatives. Mm. And instead of assuring that, no, both of them are positives, singleness and marriage. So that's, so we can probably start with like maybe family pressure. Definitely the very first expectation or pressure you're going to get is parents wanting grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like this sense that it's owed to them. You owe me grandchildren. But they, like I said, they don't come out and say it, but it, there's this great expectation. Yes. And a lot of this is built up or fortified or whatnot by just statements like when you get married, when you have children, uh, all these kind of when, as if they're statements of fact, even if you're changing the word to if, can change the perspective of what those statements say. I was even hearing like on a radio station, like a Christian radio station talking about finances. And one of the things they're saying, well, you should try to get your finances under control and do this and that, because when you get married, this will be important. And yeah, so that's completely true, but that shouldn't be the purpose to getting your finances in order because that's, it's not a when you get married. It's if you get married, this could be. But just simply restating things instead of such a definitive statement, just putting it as like an optional statement. The thing about that that disturbs me with that statement is that it's assuming that as a single person, you don't need to get your finances in order as a single person. You need to get your finances in order so that when you get married, everything will be great. Yeah. What about when you're single? Shouldn't you have your finances in order so that you can be great then? So that's another topic. Which yes. is another. But when you are, as a parent, because I have a daughter, I will not be a grandparent because my daughter's special needs. I'm going to share a bad thing. When I realized that my daughter was never going to be one of those who would ever get married, she wasn't going to be any great doctor, lawyer, or whatever it is that she could have been. She will never get married. She will never have children. So I will never be a grandparent. And that was a dream that I had to murder. Because to not have that vision, because you see all friends and they all have kids, and then their kids are getting married. Oh, look at my wonderful grandbaby. Yes, it's wonderful. I am so happy that you have a grandbaby. But when you are on the other side where it's never going to be realized, it can be very painful. And I get that same with couples will never have children they face that same pain and it's a wonderful and exciting and an absolute marvelous miracle blessing when 
people can have children and grandchildren and so on and great grandchildren and however old you want to live to and how many other generations you can get in you there. can get into there. But as a person who is on the other side where those dreams will not be realized, you have to come to a point in your own life where you can say, I'm okay with it if it never happens. And I had to come to that about having children. I'm going to be 44 this year. And again, I'm well aware that people at 44 have had children because I get told that by many well-meaning people. But unless something happens tomorrow and I find somebody and or I make some weird decision and decide to get impregnated and have a baby, which I'm definitely not going to do, this is not going to happen for me. And I had to come to that realization. And it was such a freedom to come to that realization because it actually gave me freedom to enjoy babies and children around me. And I can do that. I can enjoy the babies and children at Taekwondo and church and whatnot and just embrace them and enjoy them and not feel like I'm missing something in my own life. But when you're dealing with family, with parents or siblings or extended family, you often get, when are you getting married? When are you having children? You don't want to be alone forever, do you? What happens if you get older? And these are not helpful. And if you have a non-Christian family, you don't really need a man. There are places you can go. Right? You don't need to get married. You can just live together or just find a baby daddy or a donor. A donor. <laughs> and again, some people choose this and we're not trying to demonize people who choose to go without fertility treatments. That's a decision they make. It's between them and God and... Yeah. And their children are still wonderful and blessings and yep. and everything. But as a single person who is within the family that's accepted these things, the singleness, the not having children. And one thing I've done is I've never said never. But as far as I'm aware at this point, I'm not looking to get married. I'm okay with that. That's not my goal. But when you're trying to deal with family and pressures of it, like, how would you handle, like, the relatives who are being like, do you have a boyfriend yet? Or are you, don't you want to get married? Or what happens if you get older and you don't have no kids to take care of you? Like, how do you deal with these questions in a loving and respectful way? I had a coworker who used to tease me all the time. She got to the point, she says, you know what? I've determined that you're just never going to get married. You're never going to get into another relationship. You just don't want to. You can, the more you deflect or channel the cup yeah yeah one of these days that may be a great thing but you know what i'm doing right now i have decided to go to university and i am taking these courses and direct it to something exciting that maybe it's not university maybe it's a sporting event or maybe it's an art class or a dance class or singing class or music or uh, pick, picking all the arts, aren't I? Because that's what I want to do. But there, there are other things. There are interests in your life. There are things you're doing. Maybe you're traveling to wonderful places. One of these days, maybe I will get married. Maybe I won't. But you know what? I am having such an exciting time. Let me tell you what I'm doing now. And that's a nice way to deflect the conversation away from kids and grandkids and marriage to to what your life means to you. Because as a single person, there are things that are important to your life right now. And if marriage and children are not even on the radar, then you must be doing something so exciting with your life that, you know. Yeah, and you should be doing, and it doesn't yeah. be exciting as in like skydiving. Yes. Yeah, just something that you're doing, something that you're doing like for the kingdom, something that God is having you, calling you to do. Yep. And that's given you like your purpose. Yep. There's a girl I know. She is about half my age. She is a single girl. She has the same name as me, and she is doing one of the most exciting things. She works for Gain, and that's a ministry that goes all over the world. And she's always showing pictures and posting, and she's going all these places and doing all these wonderful things. And her, as far as I can tell, her mind has got absolutely nothing to do with getting married and having kids because she has such a full life going to all these places and building wells, helping people to plant crops and whatever else that game does. Yep. David, any comments? Really? I'm finding it hard to relate to a lot of this. How do you deal with anybody that's asking you like, hey, aren't you, don't you want to get married? Or have you found a girlfriend yet? Or does Parker having a baby make you want to have a baby? Like, 
Do you have other relatives no. that your parents? No. No. <laughs> do you have other family members here in, aside from your parents and your brother? I do not. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Any family members that came down were my only grandparents, but then they passed pretty quickly, and that was a long time ago. No, I think I shut that down long ago. The oh. whole, I, do you have a girlfriend yet? My parents knew there was something off about me. They never officially got me diagnosed with autism until I was 18, 19 years old. Oh, wow. But they also knew that I was also legally blind, and so they trucked up most of my behavior that actually ended up being related to my autism to me being blind. But I think it was that behavior that prevented a lot of my aunts and uncles, extended family, to asking me those specific questions, I think, because they, I don't know, really. After I was like 12, 14, 15 or something, mid-teens, they just stopped asking, really. Oh. And I could only presume that it was because just behavior i guess behavioral patterns okay stuff that they didn't it, they didn't really see my life headed in that kind of direction however my mom on the other hand i don't think she could see it my dad's side he understood it well my mom was just, my mom still wanted the expected the firstborn to get a girlfriend get married and have kids i don't think she ever expected my brother being the first one there yeah see your disability is less i hear what you're saying i'm thinking yeah in case our listeners are wondering my daughter is severely handicapped and in a wheelchair. She needs 24-7 care. So for her, that expectation, it can't even be realized on a good day. For you, it still can be uh, realized. At, um... oh, oh, no. Yeah, I know. It, it definitely was a realization. I think my mother had hope. And when I uh, dated yeah. in high school for about six months, and it was like a sudden thing. It wasn't something that I was actively seeking. But after that six months, really, I didn't really have any interest in pursuing another girlfriend or yeah. actually finding a wife or anything like that. It just it just never interested me. That may be because of just the expectations of everyone else. Really, I just didn't care enough about what other people thought about my direction in life, right. what they expected, and I just ended up just doing my own thing. I knew exactly what I wanted to pursue when I was young. I knew I wanted to get into IT or computers and cybersecurity. I knew I wanted to do this. And that's what I pursued directly. And it, man, when it came to relationships, and dating relationships or romantic relationships, it never interested me in the slightest. I think it's kind of good that your family's not coming at you with these questions. But I think it's sad, too, that people make this thing in their mind, like, oh, just because of like some thing, they're not really going to get married yeah instead of it's eligible yeah <laughs> instead of hey, what's that got to do with anything at, at the same time though they didn't know how to they probably didn't know how to approach it yeah well, in regards to my current disability legally blind maybe there was a different way they had to approach it they had no clue how to approach it and i could actually visibly see that because they kind of poured that direction to my brother uh. so i get the impression they had no clue actually how to express any of those things towards someone who may have been legally blind and autistic. And yet it's like we get people who are single can have completely fulfilled and exciting and like blessed and every single thing a person that's married can have in just a different way. Yeah. And unfortunately, because I've, I say because I'm assuming that I'm not really assuming because I think I've had these thoughts myself is that you see people certain people and you're like, oh, they're never going to get married. Like it's some sort of negative thing. And you're just like, that's a horrible thing to think. And it's like a horrible thing to presume. And it's also not a horrible thing for them if they choose or to not get married. Like it's not, an, it's not a negative. It's just a lane of life. It's just, because then we can move on from, because we have the family and we pay, we've dealt with the family. And I'll encourage family to start asking questions like, What's new with you instead of, do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or are you thinking of get married yes. and have kids? Because if they're going to have married and have kids, that's what's new with them. And they will tell you. That's right. And that's I'm pretty sure that they will be very excited to share that kind of news. Yeah. When it comes to babies, oh yeah, you'll be the first to know. But yeah. So it, yeah. So just changing some, yeah, we want to try more from like a person who's receiving these comments, but just if anybody's listening or if you've made these comments, 
just adjust how you're saying things and just say, hey, what's going on in your life or what's new or and not just what's new and don't care, you know, care like what's new with them. And then they're going to tell them what's exciting. And if it's a relationship, it is. If it's not, if something else, then great. Yes, because if you're one of those kind of people where, you know, that relationship expectancy is so hard pressured on you, it can lead to depression and anxiety when you can't find that relationship. To have that pressure removed can relieve a lot of that. And then you sit there going, okay, maybe they actually value me as a person of my own without somebody attached to the hip. Yeah, there's no need for a, like a wedding to make me a person or something. For some people, it becomes such a thing. It does like it does affect the people that are being pressured because they're going like, maybe this isn't okay being single. Like maybe I'm, there's something wrong with me. Like why can't I? All these people found somebody, and this person's horrible, and they found somebody, and like you start looking at yourself, and then you right. can't get those who are so fun. You want me to get married so badly? I'm gonna go and get married. I'm gonna marry myself. I'm gonna have a wedding. I'm gonna have a dress. I'm gonna have the banquet, and y'all are invited. And I'm gonna stand up there and say, yeah. I do. I accept me. I do. And you actually you, you think it's that people have done this. And, and the thing is, it seems people like mock it, but at the same time, I think it is them pushing back and being like, hey, did you need me to be in a relationship? There I am. Okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the wedding. Leave me alone. But then we move away from the family and then we're like, oh, we leave the house and we walk down the street and now we're in a society oh. where there's like a whole other group of pressure, but it's basically the same type of thing pressure it can towards relationship anywhere you go whether you go to the park whether you go to the mall whether you just walking down the street you're going to see people pushing baby carriages holding hands with children holding hands with each other's yeah. you see the old couple who are walking down the street they're still holding hands like they did when they were teenagers yeah, you know. yeah it's so you see it all again it's this is adjusting your own expectations yeah. and accepting either road as a valid way of living and can be fulfilling so either road is singleness or marriage again i had to do this when i was separating from my ex and we didn't have any kids and i was heading towards divorce which i was okay with but then i was able to actually it was weird it was just like all of a sudden this relief of wait this is okay and just being able to say that and be like being single is okay it's okay. okay. And it's just the relief of that. And it's just, no. and it doesn't mean it doesn't come with some pain. No. Because the desire for children, the desire to be loved in that way, especially when you see it in movies and read it in books and you see it in among people around you. Yeah. Like it's going to be there Yeah, or it, not, it's going to, but it, it may be there. It may be there depending on the person. But no matter where you go, you're going to see this. Yeah, you're going to see couples. You're going to see families. The thing is, there's going to be always things that I think in everybody's life, there's going to be dreams and things that don't get realized yeah. the way that they expected it, especially the way they expected it. Yeah. And that you have to come to terms with. Yeah. And it might be that you didn't get to go to the school that you wanted to or take the course that you or get the job that you wanted or find the spouse that you wanted or have kids. Even if you do find a spouse or all these things, like there may, there's going to be some things in your life that aren't what you expect. Yes. And you need to be able to deal with these things. And for me, it was like being single and not being a mom. And I thought if you would have told me that before, like I would have just killed me. So, but then all of a sudden, like the, the freedom I felt after coming to that understanding was just crazy. Um, I remember as a younger person, much younger person, a lot younger person, if you were in a relationship and then you broke out from the relationship. I had that. You, maybe you didn't have that, but I had that. The thing that got me the most is that all of a sudden now you thought yourself single and oh, it was me. I'm single. Everywhere I look, there are couples. I see no single people. Everybody has somebody. And then there's a, there's somebody for everybody in the world. Oh, actually, there's not. There's a lot of fish in the sea and <laughs> you're just being too picky and all the other things we've talked about. Oh, what about? Or that friend that says, now that you've started a singles ministry, you're going to find the right guy and get married. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. So yeah, there's, so even society, like if you even think about the sexual orientation, that's such a big thing right now. And I think this should be a really good discussion. We should have lots of content, yeah. you know, what? because, minutes. yeah. But just the fact that sexual orientation is so prevalent as like an identifier. Yeah. 
in society it like what does sexual orientation mean if you do not have a relation a romantic relationship it means nothing no it's it like it's moot so and by making this so much of a person's identity a society claiming it's a person's identity that if you don't experience your sexual orientation in a relationship then somehow you're not fulfilling yourself as a person like you're losing some of your identity by not expressing it but sex is not an identity no and it but it has become one yeah and that's what i remember i think back in world war ii or whatever or 50 years ago or 60 years ago that when you were in the military one of the things they would put on your dog tags was your religion or your domination because that was part of your identity and yet now we've moved away from that because there's many people who are basically, they say they're calling themselves the nuns. They're, they have no religion. They choose to not identify with a religion. And now it's gender identity and sexual orientation. These are the things that have become identity. So like I'm saying, like with society, what is, what happened? What happens if you cannot, or if you, yeah, if you can't or choose not to experience that side of your identity of your sexual orientation and if there is there are people who literally say if you don't have sex then you are you're repressing yourself and you will yeah there's like parts you're not fulfilling yourself as a human person (laughs) yes when you even go as far as you'll die and i'm like i don't understand that one (laughs) i don't i don't i think you're more likely to die from having sex than not but i've heard of that happening so yeah it's just like that society is Creating this identity around sexual orientation and sexuality. And sexuality has placed an expectation on I'm way too much of importance. Yeah. yeah. Especially in young people. Yeah. What about your urges? Give it a minute, it'll go away. Yes, they're urges. If you can't control yourself, you're an animal. We're not animals. Science. And if you're married and you have urges, but your spouse is like sick on a business trip for a month. What is going to do then? It's just, I don't know. It's weird. What do you think, David? It's not about the Lord God what you guys are talking about. Yeah. When it comes to, I'm not exactly sure what you guys I'm a bit lost. Social pressure. No. So the, I was talking about like basically how sexual identity has be, or sexual orientation has become an identity. But if you choose to remain single and not be in sexual relationship with anyone, then you're basically denying your identity. your identity because you're not experiencing your identity uh, okay i agree with that but also at the same time if you're kind of consistently changing your identity then what identity do you actually hold you don't hold anything really because it's always changing yeah just but- this one this gender identity and social orientation have become so prevalent in society yeah. as being so important and it's almost like life-threatening if you can't express it so on the flip side of that coin is that you get some people who have taken that and they express themselves to the nth degree to the point where it's just i cannot believe they think like that like we can get into very controversial subjects we're like hands off of that but for the moment for the for the moment but sexuality in and of itself society is really based so much like the media everything it's sex is everything sex sells yes it does ask the pornography industry it's a multi-billion dollar industry billion oh yes oh yes i would i would argue that it's probably in the trillions but oh okay okay Okay. you're being too (laughs) i'm being too conservative is that what you're saying (laughs) okay it's way bigger it, so everything is, even if you are in a relationship, it's like, so have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Yeah. And it's been like three dates or if that. If, yeah. If that. And you're if, like, if you haven't, if you also, you met the guy, so they just sleep with him yet. Wait, what? I you don't want to get to know the person first. Okay. Before you start hopping around in everybody's bed. Don't do that. Because it's, it's, sex is not all that baggage. <laughs> and like, I, I was following this one lady on Twitter. And she had mentioned something about that, you know, if this where, where I got that, you're not going to die if you don't have sex. And the guys, the comments from the guys, because they're like, oh, yes, we will. It's like, seriously, dude, you will not. 
because it's like cake and ice cream. You can live without cake and ice cream. You're not going to die. Sex is like cake and ice cream. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose out, if anything. <laughs> Too much cake and ice cream can make it. It is biological function, and there are hormonal parts to your body which crave it at times. But it also is your you can live without it. Like it's not your subsistence. It's no. not your and it's not your existence. Like if you chose to not drink water or eat food and yet you chose to have sex like that's they'd be like well, you have food water and sex and you need to take away one of those things which would you take yeah. away <laughs> you could only have you can only have two one of these facebook quizzes yeah. you can only have two and there there are ways to deal with the urges if you're a young person and your hormones are going out they're growing a little bit out of crazy pick up a sport do running do something ride a bike Roller because if you're saying this to young people, like you're telling them that they should have no self control, and if you don't, de- if you don't develop self control, and if the adults around them don't develop self control, how can you tell it to the kids? Yeah, it's and like I said, like what happens if you do get in a committed relationship and the other person becomes a chronically ill? Yeah. What happens mm-hmm. if they become quadriplegic? What happens if they are in the military and they're gone? They're gone for, for nine months. Yeah, we know what people have chosen to do in those situations which is not right but we say it's not right because they're finding ways to satisfy themselves that are outside of the bounds of what is right and if society is pressuring to the point of saying if if you don't have sex you're nothing you're not even you're you have no identity then because there's even people yeah there's even people there's a one identity that there's asexual and they people who just don't feel sexually attracted to anybody and they don't feel those like desires to do these things and they feel like very not seen in this society as well so they're like they've become very vocal and things too because these are all parts of it so yeah it's just, there is that pressure of just society of being a single person like somehow you're just i don't know people like i did not experience anything with a guy until i was 30 and they're just like, people who like find that out, they're just like, how is that even possible that you made it that far? You just must be running around corny all the time. And you're just like, what but in the I, world? And that's not, because it's not the focus of my life. It's, I don't know, it's when it's not here, like when you don't, it's very easy to think about other things and do other things. It's not the know. end all be all. No. And your identity is not in your sexuality. Your identity is not in whether you're married or single, because what was it that you said? Where did you, I think you heard it from Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah. If it could be taken away from you, it is not your identity. It was on Focus on the Family, but it wasn't, it was just one of their radio programs. Was it? It says, who are you? And if, and he said, here's a hint. If it can be taken away, then it's not who you are. So if you want to identify by a sexual orientation, but never fulfill it, by having a relationship with someone, whatever that may look like, that's essentially taking away that side of you. And if you've identified with that, then yeah, you will lose some of who you are. So then the question would be, where is your identity? Where is your true identity? If you're a Christian, we say that our identity is in Christ. Exactly. Never be taken away. It really does not affect it. No. Some, something that's solid and foundation. Yeah. That doesn't crumble or if someone can take a sledgehammer to it and break it and then reassemble the bricks in some random order. Because if your identity is shattered, you can rebuild it. But in order for it to be a solid foundation, you have to be able to rebuild it in a way that you're, you have to be able to rebuild it. And see, I'm even struggling to wrap my head around what I'm trying to say because it doesn't really make sense. If you break something, there's a likelihood chance that you can't reassemble it in the same manner as it was originally built. No. And I see that I see all these identities going around the world, and they're so fragile. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they change if you go to different states and depending on the context. And so, like, in different countries and yeah. yep. So they're building their identities on sand. Yes. So I think yeah, when you're coming to societal pressure, and you have maybe people around you especially if they're not believers and they're just like you don't have to be in a relationship you can still do whatever and 
it, it helps to just really go strip away the outsides and find out who you are and what you identify in. And if it's something that can be taken away from you, then at some point it may be taken away from you and then you will stumble. But if you can create your foundation of your identity on Christ, then you built it on something that can never be taken away. Yeah. And even if other things get taken away from you that you felt you identified as, if it strip, gets stripped away more and more, you will still be left with Christ. Yeah. I got to point out too that I will respect anyone who wishes anything upon them. They can identify it however they want. I will respect it wholeheartedly, but you have to make it. It's just you have no foundation. So I will respect you, but your foundation will crumple. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bigger discussion than we can have in this little podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say one thing or another about people's choices with gender identity or sexual orientation. That's a conversation for another time. And we will hope to have that one. What I'm just trying to point out is that when we part of our identity on our sexual orientation and then choose singleness, then that part of our identity will not be realized or actualized in any way because if you're not in a relationship, then sexual orientation is essentially moot. Like you may still feel attracted to however it is that you identify, just as I could be attracted to a guy that I see, but I'm not looking to get in a relationship with anyone. I'm not planning to be in a relationship. So it's irrelevant. It's you just go, oh, yeah, it's kind of cute. And then you move on with your life. It's that's as far as it goes or goes. But if you just put so much into the fact that, like, no, I am and insert the sexual orientation, then what does that really mean if you never actually pursue it? And if you choose singleness or if circumstances of your life create around you because you end up with a sing in the single life, then it can be damaging. So that's a big topic. It is a very big topic. And we're probably and any other listeners are probably gonna go, What? I don't understand. We may need an expert with that. Yes. And we hope to get one. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. He's not getting back to me. So finally we've left the house and we walked down the street and now we've walked into church. So again, is this gonna be similar to the family one, I think? And take us a church of society. And yes where you're going to be surrounded probably even more so by families, young families with small children or elderly people. There could be a variety of people acting like families. Yep. Engagement announcements during service. Yeah, marriage announcements, anniversaries, births, baptisms. There'll be people around getting people ready for bridal showers and yeah. baby showers. And as a single person, you definitely- Wedding invitation. Yeah. Engagement party invitations, so many things. And again, not bad things. No. Perfectly wonderful things to celebrate. Absolutely. But can leave a person who is single really locked out. Yeah. Feeling like you're on the fringes. Yes. Because nothing that you do is considered noteworthy enough to be celebrated. And the hardest part, too, of a single person is that if you're in a group of single people, as those single friends start getting married, you're going to find yourself with less and less in common with them. So they, all of a sudden, you're, if you don't keep adding to your group of friends, you you might find yourself being the one person who's sitting on, why is everybody else around me getting married? And I go, yeah. And I lived through that. Yeah. Definitely. Especially going to Christian University. And it's, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be the pressure on you as a person. Like you're, especially if you're, like we said before, you have these desires. Yep. And you're sitting there going, and like, what's wrong? Yeah. They're normal. I've given desires. Yep. But if we're, then we're going around, what's wrong with me? Then you start like thinking, like, what's wrong with me? Everyone else is. Why can't I? What's, is God angry with me? I'm angry with God. And instead of the, church coming around these people and like celebrating them as complete whole individuals who don't need to achieve these marriage goals or these married life road milestones, milestones that's <laughs> right that's what i need milestones there's milestones for single people too yep. and that's where the church can come around single people and instead of waiting for them they're like oh they finally got married at 44 
and yeah, let's have a celebration because she finally got married or whatever. It's well, the one who was 78. I got told, you know what, you know, I know a lady and her husband, they they didn't get married until they were in their 70s for the first time. And it's just, that doesn't matter. That doesn't help people who are single. No. That's so what? Because that's them and not you. And that's their lives and not your life. And when you're feeling the pressure from everywhere all around you and you're already questioning what's wrong with you or why is God punishing me or what do I need to do more to get in his favor to get married, then like you just feel at a loss. Up to you at my age, which is not that old, by the way, but it is up there. It's hard enough sharing your bed with a cat. He takes up all the foot room, really. One would I want to share my bed with another person. I'm quite happy with okay. I have mine. Stay on it. And the cat can get off too. Yeah. So in the church, I think we need to come around the single people and, okay. and to celebrate them and their achievements and their milestones. We just need to be more yeah. creative. In acknowledging their milestones yeah. and not just the marriage engagement births. If you get to be 75 or 78, usually they announce that one. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. If you have to live a long time to get any. Part of my boss's father passed away the day after his 100th birthday. Oh. That's pretty wild. Yes. So but his mother is still gone. How about you, David? Anything to add in here? Church pressure? I don't particularly like a lot of churches because they create a huge misunderstanding on what it means to, to follow Christ when it comes to these kind of things. They create massive emphases on all of these events and these activities and these milestones in life when in, in reality, they're not bad, but they're not what we should be focusing on as a church community. And it drives me nuts seeing people so misled by these events and taking these events so seriously that they never actually end up, that it takes them decades to understand who Christ really is. He's also boxed. We've touched your... We've touched a nerve button. Yep. Gone for just all their things about marriage. Why don't they preach what they're supposed to? No, the churches do. Yes. But the thing is, at the same time, they create a higher emphasis on, on, on what material life milestones people have accomplished preach on how Jesus saved our lives and yeah that's fantastic but then it's overwhelmed in the end by other things oh. and it's just saddening it just saddens me so much I even remember one person one lady saying like when I was talking about this and she's that's so true because I know sometimes they they'll say oh let's congratulate so-and-so on 30 years of marriage and that they know that their marriage is not a good or happy one like somehow if you just get to these milestones, then you've made it. That, yeah. And yeah, it's like they are milestones, but it doesn't necessarily mean that these are good things that are happening. Yep. Like a, a marriage that's bad is not a good thing. No. We thank God for his faithfulness. Yes. And, and, you know, but, and you've got one, one or both couples sitting there going, faithfulness. Yeah, actually, we're just hacking, you know, because we don't want to lose face in front of the church. Yeah. Or there will be there for the kids or yeah. whatever, multiple reasons. And that's another thing that kind of upsets me, too, is that these couples or these married couples, it's so ingrained that these milestones have to be time-based. If you reach 15, 20, 30, 45, 50, 60 years, that that's all they ever get, that's all they ever know is that it's based upon time-based yeah. milestones. Yeah. Much better milestone would be it would be just I guess communication between the couple. Like actual human to human relationship milestones instead of some arbitrary thing that humans can't even figure out because we have daylight saving times. We don't can't even generalize our own time spans because of whatever stuff's going up on in space. Nope. It's so altering and so changing time itself. And we create these milestones based off it that we even miss these milestones. We don't even remember these milestones. They become so common that we don't sometimes remember, oh, it's our anniversary. Oh, it's our birthdays. Or oh, anniversaries became a thing. 
Because I, I wonder that when Jesus walked on the earth, if they celebrated anniversary milestones, when I wonder when that became a thing. Because it probably depends on the culture and yeah, and things. These things are great. It's not that these things themselves upset me very much. It's the fact that they have far more emphasis on far more implications on driving one's life than they really should. If you think about it, I don't think we were ever given a wedding, a marriage anniversary in the Bible with anybody. No, I don't think so. They talk about how long people live. Yes. But not how long they were married. Yeah. And those weren't even supposed to be milestones. They were supposed to, this person lived, it was mainly emphasis on the family tree. This person lived so long, and then they had, and then they had so and so. Yeah. Or, yeah, their genealogies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. But what the funny thing is that the genealogy thing really ended with Christ. Because it was of, all leading to that. It was all leading to him. So if you read the Bible past Christ's birth, <laughs> is it past his birth? Probably. When, I'm sure they must have mentioned some others well, after well, that. Here's the thing, though. After Christ, everyone became the children of God. Yes. Christ made everyone genealogy. Like, we are his children, and through, through him, we have become the children of God. Yeah. So there isn't a specific line anymore. It, yeah. it, it's now everyone. Like, yeah. His blood runs through our veins. And that is where our identity really should be. If you're not a follower of Christ... See, that would help you with, yeah. Because <laughs> I think I would think about Paul and his milestones was what had been when he lost his sight and became a believer in Christ. And then probably when he started his missionary journeys, like where when he finished his training as and then went out yeah. to be a, an apologist and pastor and missionary. And those would have been milestones for him as a single person, as a he is a single person's hero. Yes. He was he was single right up to the day he died. He didn't get it, it didn't seem to be a thing for him. No. He was too busy. He was too busy. First he was too busy persecuting Christians. Then he was too busy being persecuted for being a Christian. And helping to bring other people to Christ. <laughs> teaching and preaching. This is the God who I persecuted. Can you imagine? Why? Yeah. Again, we don't want to say that talking about anniversaries. And wedding announcements, and uh, these That's are not hurts. bad things. These are not bad things. They're just not the be-all and end-all of what a person is no. or what it means to be a Christian. That we do have the missionaries that talk, but not all missionaries are single. It's great that you have the missionaries come up and talk about what they're doing and stuff like that. So we do that, but not every missionary is single. So there's got to be in your church, how big is your church? What there has got to be single people that you know, like when you get your master's, I think that would be great. It's like she's got her master's in apologetics, <laughs> she's a single, she's got the ministry. He already did. Wait, yeah, he said he, he already did mentioned, mention that. And he mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> I still mentioned our ministry. No, no. yes, yeah, he's on board with what we're saying, with what, what we're saying, yes, yeah, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I think we've touched on quite a few things we've probably opened up some boxes that people may have wished we had left closed or opened up some boxes and didn't follow wait the trail (laughs) okay so you've opened up this box you've thrown the paper all over the place what's in the box (laughs) sorry why didn't you finish dealing with that you only took out half (laughs) we want to know the more (laughs) and so don't want boxes about it we're breaking boxes sorry we didn't leave you with what was inside the box because to be fair is that these are conversations for future podcasts. We are not going to not talk about these subjects. We want to be transparent. We want to be, yeah. But some of these conversations we went out with people, with guest speakers that we found more, yeah, that have more of an expertise or knowledge about them. Yeah. So we choose not to deal with some of these topics amongst ourselves because one is like, for the three of us, like we are like, heterosexual people who have been married or dated or whatnot and have led like your conservative christian life and don't and at some point at some perspective of that and we don't want to be talking about something that is not our personal experience so things like gender identity sexual identity same-sex attraction we don't although i have a brother i have i've known many gay people in my life 
to talk from their perspective. I don't have that. No, that wouldn't be appropriate. So no. we will bring those podcasts out in the future. We are looking for specific guests to yep. have time to be able to on with us. So yeah, it could be something in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any thoughts and suggestions that you would like us to look into and to discuss for future podcast episodes, we're always open to your suggestions. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at root77ministries at gmail.com. That's R-O-U-T-E 77ministries at gmail.com. And if you felt like you wanted us to finish a topic we started today, let us know. Or if you have ideas on what churches can do to celebrate the single people, then let us know what your yeah. ideas are. Yeah. The more questions that we get to, we can also have one of those kind of podcasts where we answer. Q&A. Q&A. Yeah, we have a Q&A. Yeah. We may even possibly in the future discuss the possibility of doing live podcasts yeah we'll see how that i'm all for that i think that'd be cool that's that yeah we thank you for listening and we hope that you will like and subscribe to our podcast and leave a review that would be awesome i started to be awesome we'd love that so if you could do that that would be awesome because it awesome too much not at all not at all no there's no there's no more there's no way you could say awesome too many times can't say awesome too many awesomely times no okay no it's an awesome word okay (laughs) awesome hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you here next week bye bye all you awesome people and that wraps up another episode of the route 77 podcast We hope our conversation today about dealing with various pressures as a single person has been both enlightening and encouraging. As always, your feedback and interaction means the world to us. Feel free to reach out with your thoughts, questions, or suggestions for future topics on our social media platforms or via our email at root77ministries at gmail.com. Remember, your likes, subscriptions, and reviews help us to reach more singles navigating their faith journey. Until next time, remember to live your single life to its fullest.